Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Kevin, for saving the day. <laughs> Here he goes. Yay! Hey, hey, what's going on? Not much, man. It's so Sorry, good. To I'm have running you. late. That's all right. I explained what was going on, and then I tried my best to um, to do some sort of of I don't know stalling, and I even busted out the guitar and sang a sang one verse of one song, and then you jumped on. So you saved the day, man. <laughs> <laughs> What song was it? Uh, it was the, the, the song uh, from uh, Vineyard, the, the Cherry Blossom song. Oh, yeah, man. The song rocks. I love that. That's yeah. such a good, uh, and that lyric, man, the whole, oh, man, no separation. So good. Yes, yes. Awesome. So let me introduce you real quick. I'm going to do a short introduction, then you can kind of tell us, you know, you can you can jump in there and say whatever you want to say. But anyway, uh, folks, Careful. this is, Careful. yes. <laughs> so Hope Community, this is my good friend, Kevin. We've only met in real life maybe once. I think it is just once. Uh, but we have uh, developed a friendship over uh, Facebook and Instagram, well, Facebook and, and Twitter, so to speak, and talked a lot and uh, have some stuff in the works. Um, but I've always loved some of the things that he has to say. Uh, he's a worship pastor. Uh, a dad, a husband, uh, does all kinds of crazy cool stuff. And uh, it's good to have him with us. Everybody just welcome Kevin Brusher. Hey, no, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so excited to have a conversation with you, uh, especially with your church. You've talked to me so much about uh, the ministry that you're doing there. And uh, I guess that's what Southeast, Southeast Ohio, is that kind of the, or is that like, is that West Virginia or that's Ohio, isn't it? Yeah. It's in Southeast Ohio. Southeast We're from Ohio. West Virginia, but it's the merging of the two greatest entities, Southeast Ohio and West Virginia <laughs> together combined. You got almost heaven and quite like heaven. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I've only been, I, I've been to Parkersburg once and that was the, the one, one of the times that we met. I do, yes. I do think we met one other time in Nashville. I think okay. you were in Nashville for something uh, at the anchor. Yes. And I, I think, think it was the anchor conference. Yeah. I may have met you there. Um, but yeah, we, we came to Parkersburg back in 2014. It was summer of 2014. And we, uh, we did some worship with you guys, some ministry with a team that I was working with in South Carolina. And, uh, so I've, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the, the, the home front <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. Um, yeah, man, I just, uh, you know, you were talking to me earlier about just sharing hope and I don't, I don't know how you don't share hope. Like, like when you're talking about Jesus, I don't know how you can talk about Jesus and not talk about hope. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole, the whole thing. And, and even not, I mean, yes, it's all about Jesus, but like even to, to, to start with the beginning of the story, right? right? So you start with the beginning of the story and what is the, the first two chapters of Genesis? It's you have been created with purpose and destiny and the creator of the universe has breathed life into your very being like wow like that's like what a great start like right right <laughs> like how do you how is that not hopeful like i mean that's the beginning of the story like it gets how does it even get better than that you know um so yeah man i i mean the whole jesus narrative and the whole the whole thing is hope man yeah i um, I was kind of talking before you came on and just digging into the book of Luke lately and just hearing his, um, hearing Jesus's perspective with everyone that he encountered, it was automatic, um, an injection of hope. He saw them for who they were, loved them and called them out like uh, as they were created. He, he, there was no pretenses. There was no, oh, you're a tax collector. So you have to do this or, you know, Mary Magdalene, there's things from your past and, and there's connections and, and, and soul ties and all this stuff, but, but that's not who you are. This is you, Mary. And it's just amazing how, how much he just injected hope wherever we went. And then he ascends to heaven. We just ascended. We just uh, celebrated Ascension day. He ascends yeah. to heaven and basically tells us to go do the same thing. Like go tell people the good news. Well, and, and, and what's even crazier it, it, talking about the Ascension, since we are, if you, if you follow the, uh, the calendar, 
um, if you follow the church calendar and you talk about ascension, you, you also have to kind of intersect the contextual meaning of what that was for them. Like, so when I, when I think about the ascension now, it's very different than how I think about it when I was younger. Like when I was younger, it was like, Jesus flies away. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, like, um, but like, when you look at like, sort of the, 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 both the, the Hebrew and the Greek narratives of what heaven even meant to those people in that time, it was a very, it was right. very different than what we think about heaven, not to say that it's not that heaven isn't real, but to say that there was a lot more of a crossover of an intersection of what heaven and the real world were. There was, there was this sort of like blurriness to, to what the heavens were or what heaven was. Right. And I think like, when I think about the Ascension, a lot of people look at that and they're like, Jesus went away. No, like Jesus went to inhabit the spaces between us <laughs> and, and his world. Like that is awesome. <laughs> like, like that, he went to actually inhabit the in-between places all of those gray spaces in between the perfect and, and the fallen. Like he goes to fill those spaces up with his presence. Like, dang it. Like that's so good. Right. 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 No. And, and you know, we sing songs like this and it, you know, about, you know, when I was growing up was how far heaven is away, but I love how lately in the last maybe 10, 15, even 20 years, it's heaven is all around us. And that whole aspect of he's in that space where he's everywhere. He's not some in some, some place in the North, right. That's millions of miles away. No, it's, it's here everywhere, all around us. He's hanging with us. Um, He's, he's completely filled that space. And now we are here on the earth and in this realm so to speak and the holy spirit in us is connecting us at the right hand of the father i mean that's, it's just amazing that's now where we're seated yeah. and so yeah that's right on man i'm like i'm actually looking for a verse that i think is is sort of the i'm gonna kind of give you my cliff's notes version of like what the main point it all is like because I was reading this the other day and it got me super stoked. And I think it's so good to be reminded of this. Let me see if I have it here. It's, it's the end of the book of Revelation, right? And it's, it's chapter 21 and he's talking about making all things new. But the thing that I love, oh my gosh, come on, where is it? I had it just the other night, I was reading it and I was just like, dang, this is so, like, it's so good. And I just have to find it here. Uh, 14, where are you? Oh, uh, it's the next chapter. But anyways, I, I think, um, you know, as I talk about the Bible with people and I talk about Jesus with people and, and when I talk about, here we go, I got it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to close with this, but I wanted to make sure I quote it. Right. Cause I'm like, <laughs> my brain moves so fast that I always miss, I misquote everything. And so if I don't have it in front of me, I'm a mess. So I need to just make sure I got it. But so anyway, so, you know, so you got the beginning of the story, right. And, and, and you and I have talked about this and I, I share this with, with your church. I'm sure you've shared this with, with your people, but you know, so many times we look at the Bible narrative and we skip chapters one and two of Genesis and we start with chapter three. Right. And then we go to Revelation and we, if you, if you start with chapter three of Genesis and you read Revelation, it means something completely different than if you read the whole book. <laughs> like those two first chapters of the book are like paramount. Like they're right. so important right. to our understanding of what God's heart is for the creation. If we don't understand God's heart for the creation, then we can't fulfill our purpose and destiny. Like, like God's created us with purpose and destiny. If we don't know what that is, and we don't know that that exists, and we just start with the fall of man, right. then all we'll ever see ourselves is, is decrepit, broken, fallen, never enough, pitiful, just a destroy a destroying force in the world like 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 if you start at chapter three the whole narrative becomes i suck 
right? Right, right. I, and, I mean, and then and then you look, and then if that's the lens that you look at the entire scripture through, it's going to look completely different than if you look through the lens of your mind. I love you. I breathe life into you. I right. created all of this so that so that you could experience me, so that you could be in relationship with me, so that you could know me. Right. All of this is is and then and then to come to the place where he says, even relationship, like like this is one of the beautiful things in chapter two. Even relationship, he recognizes you're not gonna fully understand even relationship with me unless I help you and create this other being for you to be in communion with, for you to have relationship with, for you to have connection with. That's the only way you're gonna really understand and 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 get the tr the triune god like like right. this this thing that's in relationship with itself it's like it's so incredible right so you have all <laughs> that happens and then you get to chapter three and obviously there's the fall there's a problem there's this brokenness that's been injected into this perfect beautiful relational communal thing you know and so then you have the story of humanity basically stuck in this sin problem and you have the god of the universe who is not stuck in the <laughs> sin problem trying to speak life and truth and trying to restore this relationship but it's not it's because he's trying to get us to see it how he sees it right, right, right. so like he sees because because that's the beautiful thing in the fall like in the fall story what happens like they realized they were naked. And so when Jesus, or when God calls for them in the garden, Adam, where are you? Oh, I'm over here. I'm naked. <laughs> Who told you you were naked? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, cause, cause God doesn't see the nakedness. Right. Like he's not seeing, he's seeing Adam, the one who he breathed life into that is in his own image. <laughs> like who told you you were naked? So that's the problem. The problem, it's our problem. Right. It's our problem. Right. And so you have a humanity that through all the Old Testament is trying to discern, trying to, to decipher, how do I love this God that keeps telling me he loves me? How do I love this God that keeps saying he has a way prepared for me? How do I love this? Like, how, do, how does humanity make this connection with God? Like, and that's the story. And finally, Jesus shows up and it's like God saying, hey, let me show you what I'm really like. Right, right. You got little glimpses of it. You got little pieces of it. You got, you, you kind of got it, but I want to just totally blow your doors off and show you what I'm really like. The full revelation of God. Right? Right. Like, wow, you know, and Jesus comes and is he here to kick butt and takes names? No, like he doesn't come in and like, you know, tear everybody's tent down and like, you know, rebuke everybody. Like, like that's not <laughs> Jesus purpose. Like, and then all the stories you mentioned, Mick, it's like, my favorite is Zacchaeus. I could, I could talk about all of them, but, but Zacchaeus is the one I'll, I'll just mention tonight. Cause Zacchaeus is like, he's the poster child for the rejected and and the discarded and the disenfranchised right because like Zacchaeus, nobody liked that guy like nobody liked that guy at all like he was like he was literally the last person that you wanted to be stuck with at the at the lunchroom table right like like Zacchaeus was like he he didn't he didn't have he probably, and he knew it. Like, the thing is, it's like, Zacchaeus knew, like, you don't think he was like, he wasn't in the dark about it. Like he knew where, where he was at, but he hears about Jesus. And even just hearing about Jesus motivates him. It propels him to a place where he's like, I have to see this man. Like, I have to see what this guy is about. Like he's, and he's telling the worst of the worst that they have hope. Like, I have to see this for myself. I need to see this man. 
and he climbs the tree because he can't get up above the crowds to see him. And what does Jesus say to him? Hey, Zacchaeus, guess what? I'm coming to your house, man. I'm coming over. Like, <laughs> can I'm you coming imagine, over. Like, can you imagine his reaction? Like, I, the guy that I came to see from a tree that's not even going to notice me, he sees me, and now he's going to come to my house. Like, what? <laughs> I'm coming over. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's awesome because what statement does that make to the crowd? Like, the crowd that's surrounding Jesus I mean, I mean, pardon the expression, but they're all probably like WTF. <laughs> like, 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 really? Really, Zacchaeus? That's the guy you're gonna go hang out at his house? Like, really? Like, that's the scandal. Like, like Jesus is so scandalous because it's not what we think. It's not the popular opinion. It's not, it's not the way that we think the world should work. Like Jesus comes in and he tears all that down and he goes to Zacchaeus's house. Like, dang, <laughs> like that's so good, right? Because like all of us, if we're really honest, all of us are have a little bit of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus in us. All of us have a little bit of that in us because whether outside we, like some of us have the outside, like we really legit don't feel like people see us and know us. We really legit think that people have a bad opinion of us or whatever. Right. Or it's this, think about like the people who really struggle with poor self-image or the people who have demons inside their own brain telling them how worthless and how horrible they are. Like everybody has a little bit of Zacchaeus in them. And Jesus says, hey, I'm coming over to your house. You want to talk about hope? Like that's it. Like that's right. hope. Like, wait, the guy who's been going around and healing people, the guy who's been going around and telling all these other people that they're in, that they're okay, that, that he, that the God of the universe sees them and knows them and is going to meet them where they are. He's saying that same thing to me. That's hope. That's hope. Right on. Right on. Like, I mean, I mean, that, what, you know, and then obviously, you know, you, you and I, I'm going to jump ahead here, but, you know, it's like, you know, we already talked a little bit about the Ascension. Um, you know, we're going to be doing Pentecost Sunday this this week, right? Right. And so Pentecost is, uh, oh gosh, I got to, I'm going to, I want to share this quote I saw today about Pentecost because it's totally with what uh, what we're talking about. And let's see how fast my fingers can get us there. <laughs> I am going to do it here. All right. Here it is, man. This is so good. Ryan Adams is the uh, pastor at City Beautiful Church in Orlando. And he posted this today, today. And it's so good. It says, realizing that Pentecost is less about the disbursement of cool magical powers and more about, the, about calling religious people to repent from their idolatry and pride to get back on board with what God is doing in the world. Wow. 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 Right. So Pentecost is, and, and here's controversial thought. And I, I don't know how, I don't know how deep I want to go in this, but, but, but I even wonder, I just, there are days when I read the Pentecost story and I wonder if that's really what Jesus was talking about when he said I was coming back. Hmm. Like when Jesus says I'm coming back and I'm coming back soon. Maybe he did. Like, I don't know, just a thought, because I mean, think about that. It's like all of the empowerment, all of the, all of the rescue, all of the healing, all of the power, all of the movement, like it's all there. Right. And then you get to see it throughout the whole book of Acts. You get to see it at work. It's like happening. So I don't know, not a theologian, not going to like, you know, don't, don't, don't <laughs> take that to the bank. Well, That's listen, just it, it, a thought that has been rolling around in my brain for a little bit that I'm just like, man, like it's intense. Like, 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 like Pentecost is legit. Like it's, it's, you know, go wait for me. <laughs> like go wait for me. Like, you, you know, go, go, you know, and they go and they're waiting for him and the Holy spirit comes and it's like, ah, it's so good. 
Well, if you think about it, um, he said that we would go and be like him. We would be him here on the earth. And then yeah. the, the Holy Spirit falls. And then now the church is going and doing what he was doing as a single person. Now they are going and doing it. They turned the whole world upside down in, in years, like a few yeah. years, turn the whole world upside down. Um, and now if you think about it, the moments that the church actually steps in and acts like Jesus, he returns. If that, yeah. if that makes sense, there's a constant returning. He's here. But when the church actually does what we're supposed to do, he shows up and like people are like, whoa, and they're blown yeah. away and they're amazed and hope explodes in folks' hearts and they encounter father for who he really is and not what they've been told. I mean, that's the most amazing thing. And I love uh, what Francois Dutois says uh, about the about the fall, he, he calls it a wounding, like it's a wounding that happens to mankind. Because a lot of times when we use terminology like the fall, which I used it my entire life, it's like, you know, it, it, it means like you're so far away, you can't get back up again. But yeah. when you hear the word wounding, and it, it, you hear in your heart, like, okay, mankind's hurt, and it can't, it's marred from seeing, yeah. you know, the father for who he really is smart from seeing Jesus and what he's offering. But once that connection takes place, um, you can see with clear eyes. It's, you know, it's the whole uh, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Uh, <laughs> Texas forever. <laughs> but uh, the Holy spirit comes and opens our eyes to where we can see that it's yeah. So. No, it is. And, it, and it's crazy too, because I think like, um, you know, for, for, for a lot of like, even what we're talking about, and, and this will be an, a word of encouragement for anybody who's listening to this, is, is a lot of this, even to have these kinds of conversations was sort of taboo for me. Like I didn't grow up um, in, a, in a very open uh, Christian uh, stream, you know, where, 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 where we were able to really wrestle with scripture it was more of like this is this is what it is it was very black and white you know for for me growing up um and it wasn't until i i got older and i started really like learning theology i went to bible college and i started reading books about theology and i i started to really kind of examine and start to kind of take apart my faith and then obviously later on in my in my probably when i right around when i turned 30 i had like kind of my own little crisis of faith um, that wasn't, I mean, it, you know, when I say crisis of faith, people think like, oh, you walked away from the church. I don't, I never had that, like, oh, I'm walking away from this whole thing. Um, I definitely had doubt. Um, yeah. and I definitely had questions that were very difficult to resolve and it led me to some really dark places. Uh, but I'm, I'm thankful because I think, I think God just really, continued to hold me close even if i didn't feel like i was being held close to god um he kind of held me close and um kind of pulled me through that but i really deconstructed a lot of those sort of things that i i, I kind of grew up in like you know I, a good example is like um i just was talking about this with a friend this last week it's like um so this one's so weird and it, it's like it's so weird because it's like you, when you even speak these things, you're like, that's crazy. Why would anyone believe that? But yet that's what I like. I literally lived this. Right. So, you know, when I was growing up, I was told that sin separates us from God. Right. Which is true. But like to the extreme that like God doesn't hear my prayers if I have sinned. So like, basically, if I, if I don't confess, God doesn't hear me. So I have to confess my sins in order for God to hear. And if I die before I confess my sin, then I'm going to stand before the judge <laughs> and hopefully he's having a good day. Right. Like, I mean, this is like, this is legit what I like. This is what I was raised in. Like this, this, this very like cut and dry, black and white, like, Hey, if you're not completely cleansed of your sin, then you can't be with God because God can't stand sin and he can't stand you. If you're sinful, like you're a hell missile. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, but that's like, even to utter that now sounds right. ludicrous to me. Like right. that sounds absolutely 
out of character for who God is. Like, it doesn't even make sense to even say that out loud. Um, but yet there are still so many people who still believe this, you know, there's, and I mean, and I'm not talking about like lay people. I'm talking about like even people who teach the Bible who are somewhat renowned. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, this is a, this is a thing, you know, and, and it's so destructive. It's so destructive because I mean, I think about like people who are, are kind of walking away from their faith. You know, we just heard this past week that another uh, singer from another Christian band kind of made a statement saying that they don't believe in God anymore, right? And when I read those words, I'm discouraged, but I'm not discouraged for the person who's walking away. I'm discouraged that the church failed so much in creating this image of God. Right. Because the thing is, is what that person is walking away from probably isn't the God that I actually believe in it's probably this other image of god that has been promoted wrongly right to the church at large and that the majority of the church embraces which is that god is mad and jesus is coming into the story to basically be your like theater with god like god's pissed and so i'm going to come in here and make sure he doesn't like totally take you out right and that's not true like, that's not how, that's not the heart of God. And going back to what I said earlier, the, the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter one and two, if you read the whole narrative, you, you don't see a, you don't see that vengeful, spiteful God in the first two chapters of the book. You know, you see this like magnificent kind of creator that is like incredibly patient you know, because it takes days to create the, the you know, to, to make the creation and he's so intentional about it and he's so purposeful about it and he, and he's, and he sees the, the needs that humanity has and he meets them. Like, like that's the picture of God that I see. And it wasn't until I, like I said, it wasn't until I got to my thirties that I, that that God was revealed to me as like, oh my gosh, that's the, that's God. <laughs> right. See, I grew up with uh, the thought that Jesus was okay with me. Jesus was fine. But the father, God, was ticked off at me. He was mad. And so I had to do certain things to make sure that God was okay with me. Me and Jesus were buds. We were cool. Like, you know, he loved me and I knew that. But I never knew that. Um, I never really truly knew that that father loved me until uh, later on in my life, you know, 35 maybe is when that finally dawned on me. Like um, the father is okay with me. And it's, it's, it's that perspective of if you start with chapter three, if you start with depravity, then that's what you get. You get a, a humanity that's based off of um, actions and judgment. And honestly, I think that's the reason why um, we have so many issues right now in our country. I, I yeah. think that's the reason why we're seeing people murdered and killed because of their color, because we see mm. them not as the father sees them, but through our horrible yeah. lenses, because we don't feel like we're good enough. We don't feel valued. We definitely don't value this other person that looks different from us. And so um, we, we think that their life is worth nothing. Yeah. And so when you start from, woundedness from depravity from the fall that's what you get and that's what religion has produced it's produced a depraved reality mm. that has a system of rules and regulations that this is what you do to make sure you're okay and even if you do those things if you look different talk different act different uh than the norm that's set up by whoever um you're not in you'll never be in but on the you know but if you start with one and two then you see the true picture of the father, that he loves us, that he, we are valuable, valuable beyond measure. We're so valuable that he breathed into us and said that we are created in his image. And that's the tone for how everything starts off. Um, and, and, the, and this is what blows my mind is that people can actually think that something like what happened in chapter three could ever stop an all powerful creator. We say he's God is great. God is big. Um, 
God is good, but we don't really believe it. Because if we believed all those things, then we wouldn't let chapter three trip us up. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. Sets, it sets the tone for everything. So. Yeah, no, it does. And and it's it's like, I can't stress enough how important it is to read the whole book. <laughs> it's so important to read the whole book. Like right. you, you, you have to look at the whole content. Because here's the thing is like, if you read the thing from chapter three, everything is everything is a um, legal arrangement. The whole thing right. becomes the the whole thing becomes about if then, like so. If you sin, then I do this. If you ask forgiveness, then I do this, and then and it reduces the entire relationship of us and God to basically a, a, a list of exchanges. And they have to, and they have to balance out at the end. Like there has to be this sort of like, you know, I do this, you do this, you do this, I do this. Like they have to, you know, that's the, and that's why the covenants get viewed really wrong because the covenants shouldn't be viewed in, in, in a way where they're, they're legal deals. Like, cause that's what we do. It's like, we want, we want the covenants to be kind of legal arrangements. Right. We want there to have, you know, we're going to, have NDAs and we're going to all sign them and make sure that nobody steals God's intellectual property, you know, and that's not <laughs> like, but that's not the covenants don't work. I heard a really, really great pastor from uh, the U United Kingdom. Uh, his name is Anth Chapman. And he said this uh, years ago and it has stuck with me about the covenants. And he said, look, if you didn't make it, you can't break it. Who made the covenant? Who made the covenants? <laughs> God made the covenant. Like you can't break the covenant you didn't make. Right? And so if you didn't if you didn't make break it. Like and and the covenant that I love is the one that says, you know, he will be our God and we will be his people. He will deliver us from our sins. And like forever. Like and they and they will you know, what, what, what is the, I'm going to misquote it because I don't have it in front of me. This is what happens to me every time. But it's that, you know, he'll remember our sins no more. He'll remember our sins no more. This is the covenant that God makes with his people. I will be their God. They will be my people. I will deliver them from their sins and I will remember their sins no more. That's the, that's the covenant that God makes with us. That's in the Old Testament, dude. Right. In the Old Testament, right. this is this is what God says to us. He says, "I'm not gonna. I'm gonna erase it. It's gone. Like I'm gonna deliver you. Like He makes the promise. He doesn't say you're gonna you're gonna pray some prayers, and 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 you're gonna figure this thing out, and eventually, I won't remember your sins. That's not what He says. <laughs> he says." This is the covenant I make with you. And I'm going to do these things. He never says, you're going to do this. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver you. I am going to remember your sins no more. Right. Like, if God says he's going to not remember my sins anymore, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say he's probably not lying. <laughs> like i think right. he's probably i think that's probably legit right right and so here here it is i'm going to go to the because i i don't i know that we're at 7 45 and i don't want to just keep laboring on this but i want to get to the end of this because this is the best part right right and so you get to the end of the book of revelation um and there's there's two there's two spots in the book of revelation and one i i have to i have to give credit where credit's due one of these perspectives is one that i got from josh stump at the Anchor Fellowship in, in Nashville, Tennessee, when he was the pastor there. Um, and he did a whole study on the book of Revelation and he talked about Revelation chapter five. And, and this is one of uh, the way he describes this change. This was game changing for me. Um, we were talking a little bit ago about um, healing and the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit comes and heals us, right? This is... You can't have healing without justice. You can't have the Holy Spirit without justice. You can't have Pentecost without justice. Like, and so 
anybody who is trying to sell you a Jesus or a Holy Spirit that does healing work, but ignores injustice, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's not God. It's not real. Like that, I, like I, I, I can't be explicit enough on that. Like if, if, if you are in a place where you are being encouraged to work in the spiritual gifts, but ignore systematic injustice in our churches, in our communities, in our culture, or in our nation, you are not doing the work of the Holy Spirit, period, full stop. It's impossible because here's why. Revelation chapter five. All the, everybody's singing. Everybody's in the room, right? And John is watching all of this stuff unfold. And the thing that he says that's so legit is he says he saw the scroll with the names of everybody that was written on it. And he saw that no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth had the authority to open the scroll. So what does that say? It says that no one has the authority to exercise proper fulfilled justice. Nobody. But John saw in coming like a lion, but looking like a lamb that had been slain. Who is it? It's Jesus. And he comes in and he takes the scroll and he weeps because who's worthy? Who's the only one in heaven or on earth or under the earth who has the authority, who has the ability to actually show us justice? Jesus. He's the only one. Not God the Father. Not the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus is the example. He's the one who comes in and says, let me show you how this is done. And what does he do? Does he burn it all down? No, because we're going to jump ahead to my favorite part, which is <laughs> chapter 21. <laughs> he just made, he just basically said, hey, I make all things new. I make all things new is also really, this is something else that I've, I've, I've really kind of picked up on and I want to share that I think is super important. Several times, it goes back to the covenant thing. When Jesus, or when God says he's going to do something, he does it. Like, I actually believe that. I believe that God is faithful to every word that he has said. Like, I don't think he pulls back on his words. And so in the book of Genesis, after the flood, what does he say? What's the covenant he makes to Noah? He says, I'm not going to destroy this place like I did. This will never happen again. I'm not going to do this like this again. That's what God says. I'm not going to destroy the earth like this again. <laughs> I think he meant that. I don't think he was kidding. I don't think he was lying. I think he said, I'm not going to destroy this place again like this. And so in the book of Revelation, I don't see a God that destroys the earth again. I see a God that comes to restore and heal the earth and his creation and restore it back to its original intention and destiny and purpose. So chapter 21, verse 17, my favorite worship verse of all time. <laughs> the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes, uh, the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Do you hear that? Like, let the one who wishes take the free gift of, wa of the water of life. The free gift. The free gift, the free gift. I'm going to say it again. The free gift of the water of life. This crap preaches itself. <laughs> like, I don't even have to get excited to, to, to like, to like get you to, to hear that, hear that, like hear that. 
Like Jesus' mission, and and this is the encouragement I have for you and for your church, Mick. And I hope I hope this has been good for for y'all to hear this. Like I know I get really excited. I'm from New Jersey, and so you have to understand that. Like I, I'm very animated and very loud, and I probably drive very aggressively as well. But I think it's that's 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 my passion, right? So, but I, I really this is like it, right? Jesus is on a mission and he has given us all of the tools to accomplish the mission with him. And that mission is to make all things new, to restore the creation to its original intent, purpose, destiny, fulfillment, all of it. And he promises to do it. Like he promises his great faithfulness tells us that, Hey, I will never leave you and forsake you. Hey, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hey, there's no separate, no, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Like, like all throughout the scripture, we have these affirmations. God is for us. Who could be against us? Like all throughout the scripture, we have these assurances that God wants to accomplish his mission. And he's asking us, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to restore the creation to its original intent, purpose, and destiny. It's going to be awesome. And I would love for you to come along. I would love for you to partake in that. I would love for your hands and feet to become mine. I would love for you to walk this out with me and see the world change because of it. Like that's what Jesus is saying. So when going back to the injustice thing, so we just see this thing that, that just happened in, in, in Minneapolis, right? Yeah. Like police brutality, it's a thing. I know you want to ignore it. I know you don't want to say it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Colin Ka Kaepernick was not kidding. It's a thing. I know that we don't want it to be. I know that we want to ignore it. I know that it makes us uncomfortable. I know that we don't like it, but it's a thing. Right. And we have to acknowledge it. And we have to, we have to appreciate that there are experiences being had by people who are not like us that are not like me, that are, that are hard, that are difficult, that are challenging in ways that we can never imagine. And so Jesus is on a mission to restore us. And part of that is for us to speak against injustice, right. for us to look at the creation the way that he sees the creation. Like, God sees the creation as, you know, especially humanity made in his image. He's breathed life into us, right? Like, look at Isaiah. Here we go. Isaiah. Oh, shoot. I got to do this really fast. Isaiah. <laughs> Here. This is, this is awesome, right? Uh, Isaiah 117, learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. Like, that's the mandate. Right. It's not a suggestion. It's not a nice thought that we put on a Thomas Kincaid painting. Like, that's the word. Like, thus saith the Lord. Like, <laughs> learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Like, how do you ignore that? How, how can you ignore that when you see the world in the, in the state that it's in? And then to know that Jesus gives us all the tools that we need to do it. He gives us his grace to empower us to do the things that he's called us to do that we can't do in our own strength. Like, hey, but I can't. Yes, you can, because God's grace is enough. <laughs> like, I mean, everything is here for the taking. And it's like, and, and God's not waiting for us to get to some higher level of understanding or some higher level, like he meets us right where we are right now. And yes, he meets us with salvation. And yes, he meets us with deliverance. And yes, he meets us with healing, but he also meets us with the tools to empower others, to encourage others, to share the gospel, to make disciples and to speak against injustice. Like he gives us all of those things freely now right. there's no hoops that you have to jump through there's no like process there's no application fee like you go and you ask god on your knees god i need your help and guess what i guarantee he'll give it to you 
He'll give it that's, to you. That's He'll good. That's good. You know, I was reading a book by Brian McLaren the other day, and and uh, it's called the the one that's uh, Everything Must Change. That book, and in it, he says there has to come a point to where, as a follower of Christ, you have to ask yourself, is the gospel actually good news? And can the good news be an answer to whatever is happening in the world? So if we look around our world and we see injustice, we see poverty, we see, you know, hurt and pain, uh, even the good things that we see, how does the gospel actually apply to that? And I think we've kind of lost the ability to do that because we want to come up with points and sermons and songs and all this stuff, which all that's great. um, But we miss the point of, what the good news is actually there for. And that is to have answers. Even if it's just a shoulder to cry on, that's good news to somebody that needs a shoulder to cry on, Um, to stand in the way of, of, of of a race of people that are being beaten down and to stand up and say, no, uh, this, this isn't happening anymore. That's, that's the good news of the gospel. Um, And for some reason, the church has forgotten that. Yeah. but yeah, man. Awesome. Could, could you do us a favor? Could you like kind of pray over, yeah. uh, pray over us and, and, and maybe uh, uh, close us out with that? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. thank you so much. This has been awesome. Um, and I, you know, I just hope that your, uh, your church is encouraged and uh, yeah, let's pray. God, um, You know, sometimes I just get to these points where I'm just like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to say because, because you're so, there's so much like there's, we could sit here for hours and we could talk about your greatness and the hope that we find in you. Right. But God, I just ask um, that you would come into this space right now. So forever, for whoever's watching this, for wherever they are sitting, for whether they're uh, sitting on their in their living rooms watching, or if they're maybe on their phones or driving or wherever they are, um, Lord, I just pray that that your word of hope would penetrate their lives, Lord, that they would sense that you are with them, that you are for them, that you are uh, not holding anything back. Like I pray against these 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 horrible like misappropriations that we have of you, the things that get in the way of us seeing you for who you really are. God, I pray for those who might have those hangups or who might have those, um, uh, maybe some of these kind of poor images of you that, that they keep getting hung up on or, or that they, they keep stumbling around. God, I pray that, that you would meet those people and that you would heal um, those images of you, that you would would re- replace them and restore them with this kind of um, the, the, the true image of, of who you are. Um, Lord, I pray that, that people would know you, not just know about you, not just know the stories and know the right answers to the Bible questions, but Lord, I pray that, that people would know you, that they would know your heart, that they would know that you're the creator of the universe and 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 even though you're the creator of the universe that you have called each of us by name that you have come into the spaces uh, to breathe life and to to restore and to 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 give us the purpose and destiny that you always intended for us um, god i just uh i just ask for you to uh, bring peace uh, to our hearts those of us who are struggling those of us who are wrestling with issues of anxiety depression addiction god i pray that you would give us uh uh not just a healing touch but lord that your presence would come and bring comfort that that you would come and that you would bring uh uh, senses of joy where there is sorrow lord that you would bring peace where there's chaos and god uh, i pray for mick and i pray for hope church and i pray for this community that you are working in And uh, I just pray blessing for them. I pray that you would burn a fire in Mick's heart for you that shines brighter than anything else anybody can see. Uh, And that, Lord, you would just uh, help this church to be a beacon of hope to the community around them. Um, 
Lord, that you would be there, that you would be empowering, that your spirit would be filling, that your grace would be empowering uh, all throughout unity. God, we love you and we are thankful that you are continually opening our eyes and moving us to, towards you. And Lord, um, that's our prayer. Uh, uh, beyond all of these other things, Lord, help us empower us equip us with your grace we want to be a people that seek first the kingdom and so lord help us all to continue to do that as we go from this meeting as we go into the world lord let us be kingdom seekers we love you we praise you for who you are uh, in your name amen awesome man Thank you so much for connecting with us and, and talking into the community and everything. That's so awesome. And uh, totally saw some other folks jump on here as well. So, man, so cool. Good to hang yeah, out with you. If, if you all need to, if you want to reach out to me, um, obviously you can, you can Nick and, and Mick can get us connected if you want on Facebook, but uh, you can email me. My email is kbrushert at gmail.com, K-B-R-U-C-H-E-R-T at gmail.com. And, uh, and I will do it to get back to you and, and respond and uh, have dialogue with you. But thank you so much for, for having me, Mick, and thanks for listening. And uh, man, I hope, this was a, I hope this was an encouragement to y'all. Awesome. It was good, man. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will, uh, we will see you guys on Sunday morning at 1030. We'll be hanging out. Uh, but thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure. <laughs>